like everything was going perfectly, actually, according to plan. We were even ahead of schedule, but his wife still got nervous and actually called the Forest Service, and there's like rangers out looking for us. You're listening to Sweetwater Now's Beyond the Game podcast, the podcast that seeks to understand more than just the game itself. And now, your host, Brayden Flack. Hey, what's up, Beyond the Game listeners? Welcome back to episode number eight. Uh, on this podcast, I feature Dave Tanner and Eric Anarud, who are two extreme athletes here in Sweetwater County. Uh, they've actually built a unique friendship over their love for running and the outdoors. Our conversation mainly focused upon some of their experiences, which range from a bear encounter and most recently, a 100k that they just finished down in texas so with that said you know there was a really interesting conversation that took place and the most important thing that i took away was that we need to each find our own mountain no matter how big or small it may be uh it's important that we find those those adventures and and attack them head on so with that said uh, as usual let me get the uh, pitch in here so make sure you listen uh, to the podcast subscribe share it Uh, yada 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 we enjoy bringing you this content and hope to continue to bring out some more podcasts uh, more frequently starting next week so uh, again your support is appreciated thank you for listening to today and i hope you enjoy today's show all right everyone we're here today with two guests actually instead of just one and a with that said, we've got Eric Anarud and Dave Tanner uh, here in the studio tonight. And, you know, it's been a while since we've done an episode, but um, kind of over that holiday break um, and, and jumping right back into things. So I'd like to welcome you guys onto the podcast today. And uh, again, thanks for taking some time to be here tonight. Thanks for having us, man. We're trying Glad. to provide the best value we can, two for one. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be here. You got to take it while I can. That's right. <laughs> Good deal. Um, so I don't know, maybe let's just start with, uh, you know, maybe a general introduction, you know, the, the cliche thing to do. I don't know. You guys listen to podcasts at all? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You have a favorite one? Uh, other, other than this one? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you pointed that out. Right. Br- brownie points, right? <laughs> I, I really like the, have you ever heard of the James Altucher podcast? I actually haven't. Uh, he's one of my, he's one of my favorites. I like Joe Rogan too. Okay. Yeah. Joe Rogan's good. Yeah. I like his good stuff. stuff. He's got long podcasts, though. Yeah, him and Tim Ferriss duke it out for marathon podcasts for sure. But uh, James Altucher, he's 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 like a like a, a business guy. He's made and lost millions multiple times, and so he's kind of got a really interesting perspective on life. Okay, but his guests are, are are very wide and varied, so it's an interesting podcast for sure. Nice. What about you, Dave? You, you got any favorite? Uh podcast i do i like the dan carlin hardcore history podcast okay that's also pretty epic his episodes are hours long four hours isn't uncommon for dan carlin eats up uh, half a work day at least right that's right got a lot <laughs> to say about history or half a run that's right or half that's a run. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well speaking of which we are here to, to talk about you guys and your crazy adventures um that i that i keep track of on facebook uh from time to time and um 
you know, are, are you guys both from Rock Springs? Uh, no, I uh, I actually grew up in the Dallas area of Texas, a suburb of Dallas, and uh, my dad grew up in Evanston, but moved away in when when um, the oil market there kind of went bust in the eighties. And so I grew up in Texas, but moved back to Wyoming um, after college. And uh, I, I appraise real estate here in Sweetwater County. Okay. So been here ever since. Yeah. Yep. Not bad. And I, I grew up in California, the Central Valley of California. Uh, went to graduate school in Southern California and then worked for a little bit in both Utah and um, Texas at some universities there. And then got a faculty position here at Western, and happy to be here. What uh, what, what do you teach at Western? Uh, I teach biology. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Good deal. Well, um, you know, let's let's jump into this a little bit. So you guys do these crazy adventures. Um, maybe first off, how did you guys meet each other? Because you're you're obviously not from here, <laughs> but you're both here. So <laughs> yeah, I th- I think we just met through church. We did. Yeah, we go to the same church and. Um, yeah, I think uh, Eric was stalking me on Facebook. He, <laughs> <laughs> he friend requested me, and I noticed that he had liked um, the Zion's Ultras. And uh, that, I, that, I think, was the first time we started talking about running. And then from there, we started planning increasingly insane or asinine, <laughs> depending on how you view it, um, adventures. Yeah. Okay. And, and how long ago was that? Man, we've been running together for two years. Yeah, I think it's two. Two, About years. two years. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. What kind of you know runs have you guys gone on? I know I know you go on different types of adventures, but I think running is <laughs> is uh, typically what you guys stick to. So, what are some different things that you guys have, have done together? Well, some background as to why might be a little bit helpful. Um, so we both love to be in the mountains. And, um, but we both also have families and going to the mountains to camp for multiple nights and to get to the very difficult places is, is time consuming Mm -hmm. if you're hiking it. Um, so you can get there a lot faster if you run. (laughs) And, uh, so, and that's, that's generally the goal, right? We go out in the morning with the intention to be back, uh, home in time for dinner with the families. Yeah. So most of the time, and we've done a couple of runs locally that have exceeded 40 miles, but most of the time we're, we're in the 25 to 40 mile range um, because that's about the threshold. If we're going to, if we're going to hit the a summit of a peak or something like that, that's about as far as you can go and still make it back to the dinner table <laughs> and, and uh, keep a, keep a happy wife, you know? Sure. So, so generally how long does that, does that take you guys to do? That's a good question. So, um, if we're, if we're running up in the winds and we plan for a 20 to 30 mile run route for what, like seven and a half, eight hours, maybe. Yeah. Easily. I think. Wow. And, and things, you know, often go sideways. Our, our, uh, <laughs> we're no, we're no strangers to, uh, to plans being thrown completely out the window and, and improvising on the fly. Uh, that's actually kind of more than <laughs> more the norm. Than yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the standard. So, I mean, there's uh, like, I have a GPS that, that I can text my wife without cellular service. Oh, wow. Okay. So 
that has helped a lot <laughs> this, this last year. Because, I mean, it, sometimes you blow a timeline and then people start to get worried and stuff sure. like that. Um, so that, that has helped a lot. I mean, there, there's a friend, uh, not Dave, but another friend of mine, and we, we ran across the Grand Canyon and back and and stuff, which is like if you ever do uh, a rim to rim to rim is what they call it. If you ever do that, um, the park rangers hate it because people get in over their heads and uh-huh. they don't know what they're doing or they come unprepared or, you know, just stuff happens, right? So we were really both pretty embarrassed that the park, the park was concerned about us because... <laughs> Things are actually going really well, you know, right. but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's common to blow timelines by two, three, four hours. Um, I mean, we tried to summit, um, Fremont peak this, this summer and got about two thirds of the way up and, and we just couldn't quite get to the top before the afternoon thunderstorms rolled in and we were on the kind of huddled under a, a boulder for an hour or two trying to see if we could wait it out, uh-huh. but we were getting to the point where we needed to fish or cut bait. So, I mean, we had to, we had to cut and, and get back. I mean, we were at that point 17 miles in. So oh, wow. okay. we, we needed to cover some ground to get out. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe to backtrack a little bit, how did you guys get involved in running? I mean, growing up, were you guys uh, in into like athletics or, you know, how did you kind of start your running uh, career, I guess is what you could call it. Um. So I, I ran a little bit, though I stopped in sixth grade. Um, That's probably about the time I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of uh, um, ran for the fun of it, you know, as, as an adult, but not terribly long distances. Like Eric said, really, this is the medium that we use to get into the outdoors. And that's that's why I run is to get back into places that I want to get back into. But in addition to running... Um, throughout my adult life, I've done things like uh, rock climbing and, and mountain biking, and and I use those sorts of media to get my my mountain fix, I guess. So I ran quite a bit um, as as a as a young person. My mom signed me up for summer track, and I, in Texas, they they have pretty competitive uh, recreational um, summer track for kids in the summer. So from eight to twelve, when I was eight until I was 12. Those were my glory years. Like I peaked then and it's all been a steady downhill since, since then. Um, but I, I like, I hit a growth spurt and all, everything hurt and I developed asthma and, um, became spectacularly mediocre in high school. Um, my cross country coach even called me a, a disgrace to the school. Oh geez. Just <laughs> felt good. It's nice to um, have support. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> pretty bold words. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so, I took after after high school. I I didn't run at all ever for any reason for a long time, probably fifteen years, and um, I mean probably five years ago, started getting back into it. But I mean, running down the block would put me out of breath. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's kind of been an interesting journey the last couple of years. Yeah, no, sounds like it. Likewise, I I think I've been running steadily for the last two and a half or three. Um, and I, I distinctly remember two years ago having run eight miles and have for the first time and, and feeling relatively good when I was done with it. It took me like a year to convince Dave to come on a run with me. I <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't do it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's fair enough. Um, so I am curious, uh, you know, obviously you guys spend a lot of time together, uh, 
you know, out, out in the outdoors running, um, you know, are there any memories that kind of uh, maybe bonded you guys a little more with this, this friendship you guys have? Um, any special memories um, that, that come to mind? I'm sure there's, there's countless. <laughs> One of the um, things that Eric is fond of saying, and I'll just take it out of his mouth if that's okay, is that when you're engaged in something difficult with somebody, there's a bond that's formed there. And I feel like Eric and I have done that enough that, that the friendship that we enjoy has been strengthened because of the things that we've experienced together. Um, we've like Eric says, oftentimes when we're out in, in the, in the back country plans to go sideways and that ability to improvise and to remain relatively positive while things are going dramatically sideways is, <laughs> is a pretty comforting thing. We were, <clears throat> um, we wanted to see how many 13,000 feet foot peaks we could summit in a day last summer. Um, I think we'd planned on six or seven. Mm-hmm. Isn't, wasn't that the original plan? Uh, yeah. Is it, yeah. Um, it was at least five for sure. Yeah. And so we, we got um, close to the first peak that we wanted to summit and we were kind of cutting off trail up towards um, a peak and started seeing a lot more bear scat, saw some bedding areas, saw some bones and things like that. And so we were getting a little bit, a little bit nervous. Yeah, um, that's, that's probably a little bit of a, an alarm. <laughs> had, had some bear spray with us, thankfully. Um, which and, we almost didn't take that day, by the way. We generally don't, which is foolish. Don't let our wives hear this podcast. Um, <laughs> Anyways, we were, we were climbing over a fallen log, came down hard on the other side. There was a loud crack, and then we heard a bear. Um, and I looked over at Eric, and I was like, Did, was, that, was there a plane flying overhead? And Eric was like, no, man. And then we heard it again, and so we hightailed it out of there. And it was one of those absolutely terrifying experiences that the only recourse was to laugh and run as fast as we could run. <laughs> there was no other option. I mean, we, we weren't going to outrun it if it oh, decided no. to come yeah. at us, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, keeping a sense of humor in, in difficult situations is pretty important. But, I mean, we ended up getting three of the of the peaks that we wanted that day. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we got to – we are actually, like, had to make a decision at the last one to, to do one more or to bail. And um, – which is a hard decision to make when you have like a little bit of uh, ego, I guess, tied up into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of one of the things that we, one of our number one rules in the backcountry is there is no ego in the backcountry. Like number one rule is get home safe. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like I said, we both have families and stuff. So if, if we're going to make a decision based on ego, then that's the wrong decision. Right. Um, so, I mean, we, <laughs> that day was crazy. I mean, cause we hit, <laughs> we hit three peaks um, we came across a bear and we were running, we were finishing out the run in the dark and, um, <laughs> and we were like, because of the prior experiences in the day, we were seeing things, you know, uh-huh. and we were just like, man, we got to get, we got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. That truck was a welcome sight when we actually got back to it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. well, that, that, that's crazy. But I think it does go to show like, uh, it's true that you accomplish more together than you do by yourself. Um, and I think, I think that's, that's kind of a takeaway that I have from, at least that story that you have. Um, now, I guess uh, is there is there a favorite run that you guys have gone on before that um, kind of sticks out? Maybe maybe not that involves bears or anything you know, of that nature. So, th- 
you know, there's a there's a lot right here, in like right outside of Rock Spring. I don't like people. I I don't think fully appreciate what's available right outside of town. Um, I mean, there's you can you can go three or three or four miles outside of town in any direction and find endless trails. I mean, more than you could possibly exhaust, mm-hmm. really, even in a lifetime. And the more that you find, the more that you realize you haven't explored. Um, and we, we did a run this summer. So I did, I did a race in October that was, it was really long and, um, the chances were high that I was going to be running through the night. And, uh, I, I have no experience running, you know, for, for more at that time for more than for 12 or 13 or 14 hours. Uh-huh. And it was very possible that this race is going to take me more than 24 hours. And, um, so we put together a run, um, just around here where we started at our houses, we went up to the top of Pilot Butte and then over to Wilkins Peak and then finished on top of Aspen where I had parked my truck and we, we finished, but we started at nine o'clock at night and ran through the night and then finished about nine o'clock in the morning wow. on Aspen. And we were <laughs> hashed. <laughs> yeah. It was a long night. I can imagine. We're yeah. really looking forward to breakfast burritos. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I learned, according to Dave, anyway, I was sleeping and running at the same time. Yeah, it was it was really bizarre. I remember looking over to Eric and because he had been mumbling, and I was like, hey, "You talking to me?" And he said, "No." And then we sat down, maybe at a little aid station that Eric had set up, maybe ten minutes later, and he's like, "Man, I don't remember anything from that last, you know, five miles." That yeah, was interesting. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. So what, what kind of recovery does that take, uh, you know, after you finish something like that? You guys usually take like a few days or you just keep on piling through? Well, um, Eric and I both just finished um, a, a race this last Saturday down in Texas. And so um, we're well acquainted with, with recovery right now. So we ran, uh, it was a pretty pretty long race on Saturday. And we've taken, obviously, Sunday off. We didn't run Monday. I didn't run today. I don't think Eric did either. And I probably won't run until early next week, but I'll do um, some other low-impact kinds of recovery activities like spin or um, walk on a treadmill or swim in the pool or something like that. It, it the, the more you get used to doing stuff like this, the more you're able to read your body and, and figure out what it, it's telling you and what you need to do. Um and I think both Dave and I prefer an active recovery, mm-hmm. just something even super low key, but something to pump your blood through and kind of clean clean out the gunk, if sure. you will. And um, I mean, after after anything probably under fifty miles, I would say um, we're running within two or three days after that. Yeah. Nothing serious, mm-hmm. right? But, but at least just but out there jogging, yeah. jogging, yeah. Okay. We're both pretty miserable when we're not on a trail. <laughs> you can ask our wives. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So have your wives bonded now because you guys are always gone. <laughs> I'm sure there's I, some interesting text thread that we've never seen. Yeah. I think I think it's commiserating is what they're doing. And there you go. <laughs> and it should be it should be said that uh, our our wives uh, are pretty amazing and they they have sacrificed a lot to indulge our habits. Um, they uh, more than anyone else know um, what it's like to to do these things and then have us be trashed and more or less worthless for a, a while afterwards and and cranky and stuff like that. And so they do a lot to enable us to to run. I'm sure. 
I'm sure watching after kids For sure. probably is just as hard as uh, as running some of those trails. Yeah, <laughs> if not more so. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, so is there anything else other than, you know, your passion for uh, being out in the outdoors that has kind of motivated you guys to continue uh, doing what you're doing? You know, there's there's a, very much a physical and a, a spiritual release when you're out doing something difficult, um, particularly in really beautiful places like the winds or or the Uintas. Um, so it's it's that feeling really that you get both a physical and non-physical feeling of of doing something really really fun and really really difficult in a really really beautiful place. And that's I mean. I, I don't see myself stopping um, forays into the into the wilderness when my body can't run anymore. It's just going to be finding a different medium to do that mm-hmm. to reclaim those those feelings that I get. For sure, there's a there's a lot that uh, we do that people might consider stupid or, or, <laughs> or crazy or something. Sure. But by the same token, um, I mean. Within two hours of us, there's two or three hours of us, there's three pretty amazing mountain ranges. And what I find crazy um, is that there's a whole lot of people who live in that range and have never seen it. Right. And uh, I mean, it's some, I mean, if you go to those trailheads, you'll see parking uh, parked there, cars from all over the country and people from all over the world who have come here to come and see these places this is in our backyard, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, like Dave said, it's, it's some of the most spectacular country that you'll ever see. And the price of admission is a little bit of discomfort. Right. And, uh, and that's about it. So, I mean, like, like Dave said, the, the, the vehicle may change in the future. Um, but for now, I mean, I, I think that we'll probably do as much as we can, as fast as we can, as long as we hold up. Right, as long as the bodies hold out. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, what's the, what's the best advice? We're going to get into kind of some rapid fire questions now. So, uh, what, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Uh, and yeah, we'll just, we'll just, we'll start with that one. That's a interesting question. Okay. I actually, so my father-in-law told me a piece of advice one time when I was, um, starting, uh, a business and he said um no matter what happens underreact like if things are really really great underreact if things are really really bad underreact and that's something that i try to do often and uh i mean we've already covered it but i mean <clears throat> when plans don't go the way that you're hoping that they do the worst thing you can do is blow up and and uh and because I, I mean there's nothing there's no good that comes from that mm-hmm. right. um and uh i mean there's things will go wrong for sure. Like everything possibly that can will and, and usually at the worst possible time. And um, I don't know, it's a mantra I try to live by is underreacting. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, and mine isn't necessarily advice, but something that's um, stuck in my mind that my father said to me once was that age is just a number. And it's true. I mean, you're old, as old as you feel. I feel like I'm, I'm certainly not a young person. Um, and, and age is more of a mindset. I feel like we'll be able to continue to do the kinds of things that we want to do as long as we feel like we can. Mm-hmm. So Now, to follow up with that, is there uh, a piece of advice you would give someone uh, if it's not the same? 
I would just say, so a lot of the reason that I started doing this stuff in the first place is um, to be an example to my, to my kids mm-hmm. that uh, not only um, are you able to do hard things, but you should seek hard things out to do them. Um, I mean, this is going to sound maybe a little bit corny or something, but when you're standing on top of a summit and you're looking out like the, the summit peaks surrounding you are made of shattered rock cut out by glaciers over time. I mean, it's often the result of very violent, um, crashing of plates and uprisings and upheavals and things like that. But it's created something beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and oftentimes, uh, it's experiences in life that are difficult, um, even if they're sought out or somewhat contrived. Um, it's those experiences that put you through the grinder that make you a better person or, or give you some sort of wisdom or something on the back end. And so um, I think that, like I would tell my kids that um, the idea that you should be comfortable is is a treacherous idea and you should avoid it. Like you should actually seek after a little bit, at least a little bit of discomfort and, uh, and learn to stretch yourself and grow. Um, something that Eric and I have talked a lot about is, um, how our society, individuals within our society are becoming, um, defined by a single dimension of their lives and we're multifaceted individuals. There are lots of, of things that make up humanity and unfortunately, as a product of, I, th- I think, technology, and I don't want to come across as one of those old guys that's um, too late. It's <laughs> <laughs> opposed to technology because I love it. But it, it's easy for us to define ourselves by a single thing. It would be easy for, for Eric or me, um, more so Eric because he's a legitimate runner and I'm, I'm kind of a professional coattail writer, um, but to define ourselves by that activity. And I, I advise my children to develop themselves holistically. There's not just a physical aspect to who you are. There's not just a professional aspect or a social aspect, but there are lots of facets to individuals that all, all of which needs to be developed. If you really want to be a positive and contributing member to society, that's what we do. We become holistically complete individuals. I like that. Good advice. I'm going to take that to heart. <laughs> got to join us on a run sometime soon. Yeah, there we go. I don't know how far I'll make it. That's all right. <laughs> you know, I usually hit a, a couple miles and I'm, I'm, I'm calling it a day. So. <laughs> we can find some good, a good quality couple miles. There, it's true. It's true. Just straight uphill. <laughs> um, okay. Are you, are you guys readers? Do you like reading? I do very all much. Right. What, uh, what book would you recommend? That's a good question. Um, so I'm pretty eclectic in my tastes right now. I'm reading um, Freakonomics, which is a wonderful book. Um, I'm also reading a book called Endure, and I'm hoping that you don't ask me the author's names because <laughs> I don't remember who they are. Um, but I'm, I love both of those books. Endure is a really interesting book about um, human endurance, specifically with endurance events and how endurance isn't wholly uh, a physical phenomenon, but that um, our, our brains are intimately associated with our ability to push through not just hard physical activities, but hard life experiences. It's a really good book. One of the best books I've read recently is a book called Peak uh, by uh, Anders Ericsson. And it's basically about 
um, finding peak, perf- peak performance through deliberate practice. And it sounds really, really simple on the surface, but most of the time when people do things, they don't, they don't do them with the idea of deliberately becoming better because we usually uh, gravitate towards those things which are easy so that we can feel, you know, some level of success while doing them. Right. And so we shy away from doing the things that we're not very good at deliberately, uh, maybe although subconsciously, um, you know, for example, if you're a tennis player or something like that, you might go play tennis with the same person for the same amount of time using the same style of play. Whereas maybe what you need to do is find someone who's much better than you, better than you are and, and will crush you up and down the court for a while and, uh, and play up to them. Um, but anyway, it's a, it's a really interesting read. It's, um, it changed a lot of the, a lot of my mindset with, uh, how I approach life. There you go. That's why I started running with Eric. I tried to play up to his, <laughs> his ability. There you go. He's way overselling that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I think that that pretty much covers what I wanted to get at today. And, um, you know, I think, I think that teaches us a lot about, uh, you know, the mountains that, that we should go after um, in, in life, uh, no matter how, how tall they may be or how difficult they may be, um, but just to find a mountain and attack it. You know, I think you guys have been great examples of, of uh, doing that uh, quite frequently. Yeah. Thank literally. you. Which is possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any, any last words? Wyoming's uh, United States best kept secret. And to some extent, we'd like to keep it that way. But those of us who live here, get out and experience it. It's, it's a wonderful place. Yeah. Echo that for sure. Some really, really, really amazing country, even right here outside of town. Some really cool stuff. And all you got to do is uh, go for a walk. There you go. It's right there. Just a walk, not a run, right? (laughs) (laughs) Either way. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sweetwater Now's Beyond the Game podcast. Episodes will be published periodically, so make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the latest content. If you have an idea or suggestion for the podcast, feel free to contact us via Facebook, Instagram, or email.